Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. In his Passion narrative, which we heard tonight, St. Mark makes a parenthetical remark in chapter 15, verse 10. The Jews had just asked Pilate to release one of the prisoners for them. This is before they were able to ask for Barabbas. Pilate responded by asking the crowd, do you want me to release the king of the Jews for you? And then Mark says parenthetically, Quote, for Pilate knew that the chief priests had handed Jesus over because of envy. There is certainly no more wicked deed ever committed in all of history than the brutal slaying of Jesus Christ. This is the darkest hour. It is the hour when the powers of hell have been unleashed. There is no evil like this evil. And we would ask, what is the progenitor of this wickedness? What set it in motion? How did the devil provoke man to such hideousness? The answer is through envy. They did it because of envy. Does that surprise us that envy is at the root of evil? The book of wisdom says, but by envy of the devil, death entered the world. By envy of the devil, death entered the world. The fathers all agree also that the primary sin of Satan, the sin which caused him to rebel against God and fall from heaven, taking legions of angels with him, and the sin that he introduced into the heart of man, in paradise through his cunning is the sin of envy. Oh, I know they talk about pride too, so you see these two themes, but they're woven together, envy and pride, very close together. But the consensus really is, is that envy is the real chief sin working through pride. Lucifer was envious. Prayers that we say in the Mass and writings of the Fathers and hymns Again and again, we're reminded that Lucifer was envious of what God had planned for man. He was envious that man had been made in God's image, and that when man was perfected over time and through a process, that man would actually surpass the angels in glory. Oh, he was envious about this. Instead of rejoicing in God's goodness, Lucifer was eaten up with murderous envy. And he didn't just want what man was promised. He wanted to destroy man and keep him from ever attaining it. Well, envy, as we all know, became Lucifer's downfall. But then Lucifer would use envy as his weapon 
to destroy man and prevent him from attaining the glory that God had intended for him. Lucifer was envious of man, in particular the man Jesus Christ, to be more exact. And so he makes Adam, he makes Adam envious of God. Through his cunning, he takes his own sin, his own downfall, and he uses it against the man. Lucifer was envious of the man, and now he makes the man envious of God. You can have what he has. You can be your own God. One of the components, maybe the chief component that the fathers talk about, which makes envy so destructive, is impatience. Envy, pride, and impatience. Impatience is a key to how envy works. I mean, we were made to share in the glory of God. That's why we exist, to be like God and to share in his glory. But it was through envy and impatience that man grasped at that glory and tried to possess it apart from God and apart from God's timing. In contrast to this quality of, or sin of impatience, one of the most important qualities that is spoken of our Lord again and again is his patience. His patience. His patience exhibited through his complete and utter reliance and submission to his Father. When we look in the Old Testament at many of the prototypical sin stories, (laughs) envy comes up again and again in these stories as the root of the sin and impatience. Envy and impatience. The first story that I'll refer to, becomes really kind of the primal sin story, even in a way, in a different way than Adam's fall in the garden. This story becomes sort of the archetype story of all hatred and murder and encapsulates the essence of sin. And it is a story about envy. It is a story about envy. It is the envy of Cain. He gives over to envy, a satanic envy somehow. He opens his ears to it, lets it end, and he goes into a blind rage of jealous envy and slays his brother, the righteous Abel. Abel, of course, is a Christ figure. And Abel endures with great patience his martyrdom. St. Cyprian talks a lot about this. I have time to go into it tonight. But he speaks about Abel in his patience enduring his martyrdom. The same saint, Cyprian, also teaches us that it was jealousy which drove Esau. Impatient Esau, you remember the soup? (laughs) Gave up his birthright because he was hungry and couldn't wait to get something to eat. I mean, the epitome of impatience in all of the scriptures. But it was jealousy that drove this impatient Esau, this brute of a person, to persecute Jacob. And we know Jacob is a mixed figure, but Jacob goes on to be a great hero of the faith. And one of the qualities of Jacob that is exhibited in his life is a great, great patience. A 
great patience. Cyprian says, quote, and that Esau was hostile to his brother Jacob arose from jealousy also. For because the latter had received his father's blessing, the former was inflamed to a persecuting hatred by the brands of jealousy. Cyprian goes on to speak of Joseph and his brothers as another example. He says, and that Joseph was sold by his brethren. The reason of their selling him proceeded from envy. When in simplicity and as a brother to brethren, he set forth to them the prosperity which had been shown to him in visions, their malevolent disposition broke forth into envy. He goes on again in his writings about Joseph. And Joseph, we also know, is a type of Christ. And Joseph becomes, again, another figure who exhibits great patience. Cyprian also speaks of David and Saul. He says, furthermore, that Saul, the king, hated David, seeking by oft-repeated persecutions to kill him. Innocent, merciful, gentle, patient in meekness. What else was the provocation except the spur of jealousy? Because when Goliath was slain and by the aid and condescension of God so great an enemy was defeated and the wondering people burst out in acclamation and praise of David, Saul, through envy, conceived the fury of hostility and persecution. Also comes to mind the parable that Jesus tells of the workers in the vineyard, the ones that come at different times during the day and they get paid all the same amount. You remember the woes that had been there earlier in the day and work longer. They were indignant. They felt they had been treated unfairly as the others who had come later and got the same pay. The punchline of the story, the very end of the story, Jesus says, are you envious because I am generous? That parable is about envy. Envy doesn't just want what someone else has. It's much deeper and worse than that. I mean, there is a kind of sin that covets in that way. But envy is deeper than that. Envy begrudges the goodness of God to another and actually seeks their harm Never mind it's going to cause your own downfall or their own downfall. They don't care. They're driven by a rage of envy that, that actually seeks to do the other person harm. As I said, envy works hand in hand with pride and vainglory, which does not just seek its own, does not just seek its own, but seeks its own by tearing others down. How often have we all done that? maybe even in small, little ways. St. Paul tells us that love does not envy, is not puffed up, does not seek its own. And then he says, thinks no evil. Thinks no evil. When envy is at work, one of the marks is, is that we began to think evil of other people. This is one of the things that sort of gives fuel to our envy. It unleashes it in a very irrational manner. We begin to devise 
and accuse. He is the accuser of the brethren. We begin to assume the worst and imagine things about our brethren and think evil of others. And in our minds and in our thoughts, we begin to tear them down and assume the worst. And as we do this, and as it begins to take over in us, we began to actually even hope that it is true. We get some sort of sick satisfaction out of devising evil thoughts against others and then taking some delight in if it is true. It was for envy, Mark tells us, that they turned Jesus over, that he might be crucified. It should not surprise us that this was behind their great sin because they did the works of their father, the devil. Their envy of Jesus, which comes from pride, blinds them to the goodness, and it stirs up evil thoughts, false judgments, accusations, assumptions, this always follows envy. We may wonder, we may wonder how could those who condemned Jesus to death be so blind after all the good he did? He was pure, is pure love. He's just pure love. And yet they fabricated this idea of him. So wicked, so blind missed the love of God in Christ so completely and utterly that they cried out for his death and crucifixion. How is it possible to be so blind to the truth and to the beauty and the goodness of God? The answer is envy. That's what envy will do to you. It will make you that blind. And we let it into our hearts. Remember, this is the sin that caused Lucifer to fall from heaven. Envy. That's how powerful it is. We can't let it into our hearts. St. James says in his small epistle, You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Well, that's not who we are. And we are on guard against this ploy. We are on guard against it. Paul tells us to the contrary that love is patient and it's kind, it's not provoked, does not rejoice in iniquity, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.